Kenichiwa Minisan. Welcome to Famicast 39, your Famicast for August 2014. I'm your host, Danny Bivens, and today I'm joined by Mr. Ty Schugert. Yeah, let's play a game. <laughs> it's called Pin Danny's Face on My Face. <laughs> that sounds like a fun game. Uh, <laughs> well, for me. Yeah, for you, exactly. Uh, Matt, unfortunately, could not be here today, so we're just going to rock a two-man show. Uh, There's a lot of stuff to cover. I'm pretty sure I'll probably forget something at seems to always happen but yeah we're gonna go ahead and uh do our best and try to have a good show for you guys today uh so we'll take a quick musical break and when we come back on the other side we'll be around for new business I'll go ahead and kick us off with new business. Um, aside from a, a season of NBA 2K14 that I talked about on connectivity, I won't bore you with. Hell here. yeah, bro! <laughs> Did you pop your collar? Uh, no, because did I you wear to... your ball cap sideways? No, because that was too expensive. I could either improve my player's stats or buy ball cap. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. But one game that I have been playing that I think will be of some general interest to the Nintendo community is Hyrule Warriors. Uh, that just came out in Japan on August 14th. I picked it up on launch day, and I played for somewhere around like 40 hours. And So, Ty, I know, you know Warriors games, Dynasty Warriors, and all the other iterations that have spawned since. Like, Have you played any of these? Are you familiar with the series at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, who hasn't played them, really? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, have you, has it been a while since you played one, though? Yeah, I don't think I've played one since they were on, like, PS2. Yeah, I think the, before this, the last one I played was one on my PSP, <laughs> like, six or seven years ago. So Was it the Gundam one? No, no, it was just a regular Dynasty Warriors one. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so Hyrule Warriors, yeah, as you know, it's a collaborative uh, game, basically put it fusing these two series together, you know, Zelda and... Uh, Dynasty Warriors is definitely, it seems to me, a lot more Dynasty Warriors-y than Zelda. But, you know, it's just that this, the developer coming through and stuff like that. But there's still a lot of cool uh, Zelda references and whatnot, uh, you know, here that you can see. Um, you know, here, too, they also have, like, some crazy box editions and stuff. I think a couple people on staff have already bought them. Like, and I remember hearing on 8-4 Play, they're talking about this too, but, you know, I just stuck with the regular disc version, because, I mean, it's like a $70 game, so it's like, well, I don't need to spend 140 for, like, this special stuff, but uh, with the, uh, the most premium edition that you can get, it's called the Treasure Box, it comes with a, well, the game, a Treasure Box, <laughs> uh, a Triforce Alarm Clock, and then a scarf, like a Hyrule scarf type of thing that Link actually wears in the game, and I guess it's like... You know, full size, you can actually wear the thing if you want to. 
Oh, yeah. Um, that kind of reminds me of when I bought Street Fighter Cross Tekken. The best part was, like, the coin bank that came with it. It's <laughs> like, cool. fuck the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have I have none of these things. And um, another thing, too, like, there's some additional DLC stuff that you can get, like, costumes for characters uh, with each version. Like, the, just the standard version, you get, like, three DLC costumes for Link, like a Twilight Princess Link, Skyward Sword Link, and an Ocarina of Time Link on top of the other ones that are available in the game. But if you got one of these two other versions, you can get some costumes for Zelda and some costumes for Ganondorf. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's basically no other way to get it outside of you know either getting that treasure box or, well, just getting that treasure box or stealing someone else's you know download codes or something. But oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my favorite YouTubes of all time now is a kid unboxing some nintendo product or other and you could clearly see his uh qr code oh and the first comment <laughs> from him was god damn it somebody took it <laughs> not again yeah didn't it didn't happen to that guy like more than once it's, yeah it's... yeah he said it happened again my god <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> don't let this happen to you. I'm not planning on it, but <laughs> so you know, as for the game, uh, when you start out, it gives it tells you like, hey, you can either play in like a Dynasty Warriors control mode or a Zelda control mode, and basically the only thing that that really means is on the on the actually face buttons itself, like you can either use X and y, X and Y as like your primary action buttons, or you can use like Y and B, I believe. And I don't know, you know, honestly, I just played with the Dynasty Warriors one because I figured this is basically a Dynasty Warriors game, so who cares? <laughs> so, it did, you know, that didn't really matter. But Words you know, to live by. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? <laughs> you know, in terms of, you know, combat and stuff, it's, it's all pretty, you know, straightforward. I mean, you're mashing the Y button a lot to do, like, your standard attack, sometimes mixing in with X to do some other, like, you know, more powerful stuff. Um there's also, you know, some additional, like, Zelda items that are mapped to ZR, and basically, like, there's bombs, there's a boomerang, a uh, hookshot, um, did I say bone arrow? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> bone arrow and stuff, so, I mean, that stuff, it, it usually comes into play, like, on bosses, and sometimes other, like, minor characters, but mostly bosses, like, something like, for example, you're facing Dodongo, you're gonna throw a bomb down his throat when he's has his mouth open or something like that so it's you know these, these nods to you know uh older zelda games and stuff like that it's it's really cool as a zelda fan coming in and playing this game not really expecting much to be perfectly honest <laughs> i thought i was just like throwing away my 70 dollars, but um yeah so that's that, that type of stuff's cool uh the game in terms of like modes there are th three playable modes in the game uh first one's called legend mode and that's essentially like a story mode uh, then there's free mode. You can basically just go in and replay the stuff, although you can do that in legend mode too. Huh. <laughs> and okay. Yeah, then there's adventure mode, which I'll get to in a little bit because it's really amazing actually. But um, yeah, in terms of like unlocking characters, there's a lot of stuff that Nintendo basically you know had spoiled before the game came out with a Nintendo Direct earlier in August. So wow. basically spoilers. Yeah. Essentially I'm, you know, I'm going to try to keep it spoiler free as much as possible, but because there's really not much more I can spoil to be honest. Zelda uh, dies. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, Zelda chic, uh, you know, and they still actually, it's kind of weird in the storytelling. They play on that. Like, Oh my God. And finally, when she finally reveals herself, and I'm like, 
seriously <laughs> but for real yeah so that's kind of lame but i mean you know in terms of like story stuff it's not like the most engaging thing i mean it's a dynasty warriors game and it's a zelda game so quite frankly you probably shouldn't expect a whole lot in terms of narrative but you know the thing about dynasty wars is not about you know hey i'm gonna play this deep game and have my mind blown by this crazy story no it's you know about fight, fighting thousands and thousands of enemies and you know having all these guys on the screen at the same time so you know there's a lot of that stuff and it feels really good uh there's a lot of Obviously, there's a lot of Zelda-inspired stages, Hyrule, castles, uh, like a bunch of different stuff, forests, and uh, Ganon's castle, crap like that. So that's pretty cool. Um, in terms of like the characters themselves, I mean, they actually do feel quite a bit different from each other. Um, I mostly rocked Link just because I started leveling him up, and he, he just started getting really powerful with some of the weapons I had. So I was kind of stuck to him, and... Um, Really enjoyed playing as him, but you know, there's other characters too, like Zelda or Sheik, stuff like that. And, All you know. right. Well, how exactly are the characters unique? Like, how different are their abilities? It's usually in terms of weapons and sometimes like attack speed and stuff like that. Like, for example, if you're playing as Link, he's he's a pretty balanced character, you know, with a sword. Uh, and you know, there's other weapons he can get to, like a fire rod and crap that kind of changes it up. But in terms of, like, just characters in general, like, you know, like I said, Link's kind of well-balanced, pretty quick, not, like, super powerful, but not weak, you know? Um, whereas, like, Sheik, she's a little bit slower because she has, like, this huge-ass sword. And so you're going to have to, like, take that in consideration. But you can still mow down, like, quite a few enemies, you know, with that. Um, there's a new character for this game, too. Her name's Lana that uh, they created. And, like, she has, like, this book, like, this magic book of spells and stuff. And she's usually, like, really quick. But some of her attacks aren't, like, super powerful. But she's still fun to play. And um, you can still, like, do massive damage on enemies and stuff. Not as massive as you could with, like, you know, a stronger character. But, yeah, it, it, it's just, it, you know, they all feel a little bit different. I mean, you're still mas mashing, you know, Y and X pretty much, like, the whole time. Um, so, yeah... Sometimes um, it's incredibly satisfying just to like beat a thousand people to death in a video game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it, that's definitely the case here. Um, there are some you know minor boss characters, not like huge ones like the Dongo, but the smaller ones too. That you know you can't just cut through like butter. You actually have to uh, use the lock-on mechanic in the game, which is there, thank God. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes you have to roll behind them and stuff. And if, like, let's say, for example, they do some kind of, like, a, a semi-strong attack and they miss you, there's, like, this opening it's for, like, a weak point is, like, what they call it in the game. And basically, if you, there's, like, a little pie type of graph type of thingy above their heads. And if you hit them a certain amount of times and knock that all the way down, then you get, like, a really powerful attack on them. Um, uh -huh. So that's kind of cool. And it kind of, you know, makes you think about, like, hey, you know, I need to not just whack this guy once and then roll whack once because it's going to take forever. So it's best sometimes just to let them try to get their attack out and dodge it and then, you know, attack them like that. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 in my opinion, that kind of keeps the gameplay pretty fresh with, like, that stuff being thrown in there. Um, you know, I, I haven't played a lot of Dynasty Warriors games, so, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a similar type of thing that's in there nowadays anyway. But, yeah, like I said, it just kind of adds, adds to the fun of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of like mechanics, it's it's pretty solid. It's not great. Like your comrade AI is almost useless. <laughs> wow. Th yeah. This sounds very video game. Yeah, so 
counterattacking strong boss moves, mm-hmm. dumb AI <laughs> partners. Oh yeah, it's it's stupid, and I mean it's probably again like that in other Dynasty Warriors games. I don't know, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, it's just sometimes you're fighting like all these guys and you, you have to keep taking different locations or guys are invading your base or, you know, killing your other guys that are just letting themselves get killed, <laughs> stuff like that. And, you know, I understand for like the, the soldiers that they're just basically adding on the screen just to have bodies. <laughs> but, you know, some of like your main characters, like let's say your team up with Sheik or something, she's just kind of standing around occasionally doing an attack and you know, the enemies are coming in hot and just beating the hell out of them. And it's, you have to just, like, go across the whole stage and, you know, help them out and stuff. It's kind of annoying, but, yeah. It's still, like I said, it's still satisfying to, like, beat these bosses and then beat, like, hundreds of people on your way to go help out your you yes. know, useless friend. But, yeah, so that's that's not bad. And like I said, the boss characters are pretty cool, too. Like, the huge ones, like the Dongo, and there's a couple other cool, uh, you know, nods to older uh, bosses in the series too i'm not going to spoil everything even though i think that nintendo direct probably did anyway um but you know i, I cleared this the story mode in something like 10 hours and you know it was fun and i unlocked quite a few stuff quite a bit of my like, characters and stuff in the game um and, you know another another part that actually takes a lot of time in the game too is you know like i said you, there's a leveling up mechanic you're leveling up your characters uh, stuff like that, but there's also like weapon kind of like forging type of stuff as well. Uh, you get loot like from defeating like a lot of these boss characters. So after you get that, you can use this like, for example, put this particular uh, piece of meat that you found or something, and you can use it to enhance uh, different attributes and crap for like your weapons, and also like do other things like enhance just different abilities that your characters have too. So that, you know, that kind of keeps you a little bit busy as opposed to just going out and beating people and then just, you know, calling it a day. Okay, so so do the bosses drop the same loot every time? Uh, It seems to be kind of like random. Okay. Um, Like, sometimes you can get weapons, sometimes you can get uh, other things, I'm trying to think. Usually, like, the big, like, the really tough bosses, maybe story bosses or something, they drop, like, one particular thing and... Basically, I think they're called like medals or something, and you're you're using these medals to enhance like your, like I said, uh, abilities and stuff like that. Skill up point doodads. <laughs> Basically, like one thing that I got makes it faster for me to beat down enemies when they come to their weak points. Uh-huh. So because at first it took you know quite a few hits to try to get them down to that point, so I can you know unleash a very powerful attack. Now I have this certain kind of badge or something that you know it just does it quicker so there's like a lot of like stuff like that or maybe it's like you know you're have some kind of immunity to this or that magic or something um that's getting fired at you or whatever so but you know for me what really ate up a lot of my time is the adventure mode and i'm sure a lot of you out there know that basically what they have in this is a they have this map from the original Legend of Zelda, it's a pixel for pixel, you know, map of that, and it's it's all you know, kind of divided up in quadrants. Basically, the same quadrants that would be in the original Zelda game when you do like a screen change and stuff. And for every quadrant that you have, there is like a stage, like a warrior stage that you need to play through. And these have different uh, challenges with them and stuff. Some of them. You you can be any character and you can do you know do these things. Some of them you have to be a certain character using a certain weapon or something. 
So, like, for example, the first one that they have, it's, it's something like beat 300 enemies in 10 minutes, which is, you know, a piece of cake. But, you know, at the same time, yeah, there's all these little enemies coming in. Then all of a sudden the dongle rolls in, you know, stuff like that happens. So these things gradually get harder and harder and harder. And, it, you know, there's a lot of there's a couple of characters you can unlock on the map. There's some weapons for characters that you need to get from there, too. Um, one kind of cool thing that they added in, too, is a lot of, like I said, a lot of kind of play on, like, this Zelda nostalgia by, well, first of all, like, all of your characters are represented on the map in, like, uh, 8-bit, you know, NES forms. So let, let's say you just use, like, uh, Ganondorf, and all of a sudden now he's on the map in, like, 8-bit form as you're, like, moving around the map. So it's kind of cool to see that type of stuff. And on these quadrants, too, they're there's an option that you have where you can search it like by pressing the X button. And when you do that, sometimes some of these things have secrets hidden in there, basically in all the same places that all the secrets were in the original Legend of Zelda. Uh, so they have like these in-game items for this adventure mode only that you use on this outside map. And so let's say, for example, there's it says, hey, there is a weapon upgrade here for this character, but you have to find it on the adventure mode map before you can actually get it. So... Sometimes that involves using a compass, so you can actually see where this secret is, and like, oh, it's that bush right there, and then if you have, like, a candle, you can burn the bush, and then if you play the warrior's level corresponding with that quadrant, then you can actually get yes. that item. Stuff like that. So, it's, you know, it's kind of like a meta game, I guess. Sounds kind of like uh, a big nostalgia trip. It definitely is, and, you know, I'm almost done with the adventure mode. It's It's been a lot of fun. I probably played for about 30 hours. Um, you just kind of get addicted. You're like, oh man, I need to, you know, unlock this block. If I do one more, I can get this weapon for this character, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes it can get frustrating too. And it's just like too, so ridiculously hard. Um, which is where the co-op play came in for me because some of the stuff was getting really hard. And I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to try to play this with a friend and see how we can do. And well, it did make it a lot easier, but the co-op does have some issues, <laughs> And visually looking, uh, Hyrule Warriors is a pretty good is a pretty good looking game. It's definitely the best by default Zelda game, best looking Zelda game in terms of like I guess visual fidelity that type of stuff. But I mean, you know, there are definitely things that look better than it. But whenever you go into do some kind of two player co op, first of all, one player is going to be playing on the big screen, you know, using uh, either the Wii Remote and Nunchuck or a classic or a Wii U Pro controller, while the other person is going to be playing on the gamepad. And so it sounds good in theory, and a lot of other games, not a lot, a couple of other games, I guess, have done this. Like, I think Call of Duty, uh, it's the only one that comes to mind right now. So it's a cool idea, but the performance really, really takes a freaking hit when you're actually doing that. Um, I noticed a lot of slowdown, just visuals just look worse. I don't know, it's just, I guess this is what they had to do to try to make it work, but it just looks kind of cruddy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Some like I was playing one level. It, it was ridiculously hard. There's a lot of like boss characters on the screen at the same time. So the engine's chugging, the, the game's just slowing down like crazy. And it's like you got to go over here and do this. And it's just I don't know. It's just kind of overwhelming because of just the poor performance and all that stuff. But um, yeah, so that's kind of disappointing. But I mean, you know, overall, I, I really enjoyed my experience with the game. I, I really didn't expect to even remotely like this game but kind of wound up surprised with how fun this thing is and um yeah for those of you out there wanting to play this you know it's coming out in the west 
next month in September, I believe in Europe the 19th, and then like U.S. on the 26th, I believe. So yeah, look forward to that. Uh, give it a shot if you have an, some extra money and a Wii U, and <laughs> you want something to play on it. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's worth it. So yeah, Ty, do you have any other any questions or anything that you? Yes, think I would... do. Okay, yeah, please. Can yeah. you use the hook shot to drag someone towards you and then uppercut them like Scorpion? <laughs> no, but you can use a hook shot and go towards other people. Oh, okay. And there's there is like a cool attack that I've seen. I haven't tried it myself, but it's I've seen on videos that he uses the hook shot, pulls himself towards like a character, and then he uses the hook shot, pulls down the moon from Majora's mask, and just like beats the crap out of people. It was pretty cool. Okay. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff like that. That sounds fun. That was probably my only question. It's okay. like like the one thing on my mind, like just how <laughs> fun is the hook shot? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it's cool. There's I, there is a boss where you actually have to use it to actually defeat him. It's kind of fun. Uh, it's kind of satisfying when you're actually doing it too, pulling this guy out of the air onto the ground. I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, it's really cool. Yep, not so. Nintendo Direct. We have no spoilers here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Zelda dies. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's going to do it for me. So we'll take another quick musical break and we'll be back on the other side of that with Ty and his new business. Ty, you're next with new business. Yeah, it's me. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. I play the same games I play every month. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Skullgirls, Killer Instinct, Skyrim, going to tournaments. But Comiket was this month. It happens every six months in Japan. And there you, you get mostly, you know, comic books made by, uh, you know, just individuals or small groups and they it's like a giant flea market and it's amazing Mm -hmm. and this to i guess remind people this is the place where you can find like the weird crossover comics with like link dating dante or something right yeah sometimes they're very lewd (laughs) sometimes sometimes they're appropriate for all ages okay well that's good good to know (laughs) sometimes it's a surprise until you open it Hey, that's Clefairy. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But but also they have games there. And I bought some interesting PC games that would uh go great and fake a real, so maybe I won't spoil them yet. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should cool? Should that a question mark? I don't know. Should be. Okay, um, but if you go on YouTube you can usually find like like an hour long trailer of all the games being up for sale every year at Comiket. Like this newest, what number Comiket was this? It was like eighty six, I think. Really? Wow! I just literally guessed eighty seven, and I was one off. Wow! That's am- <laughs> that is amazing. Just, just joking. Okay. Yeah. Well, they do two a year, and it's been going on for quite a while. Wow! I I just assumed. Okay. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So like. It's always at, like, the hottest part of summer. <laughs> and, uh, like, 
the last three days of the year, I yeah. think. That's one of the reasons why I did not want to go in the summer, because I know it's hot as yeah. balls. At, uh, this year, we kind of lucked out. It was, like, cool that week. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't bad. It was, it was still kind of hot, still kind of crowded, but it was okay. And I got some fun comic books. I got some funny games. So, like, if you're planning, like, a vacation to Japan and you're a giant nerd... Uh, <laughs> chances are, if you're listening to this chances podcast... Chances are, if you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I, I had some family members visiting, and I took my sister over there. She had a great time. I was say, was she a giant nerd? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah, check out Comic if you ever visit Japan. It's, a, it's good times. It's easy to spend a, a lot of money on impulse purchases, too. So I'm very broke right now. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, brother, but not from Comic Cat for me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so there's only really two games I want to talk about. Okay. Okay, so um, I got this game on my cell phone, mm-hmm. Puzzle Bobble. Mm-hmm. The, this game is well known to many people, also known as Bust a Move, and some regions and releases and for some reason um anyway yeah it has the dinosaurs from bubble bobble and it's a puzzle game where you pop bubbles cool and since it's a free-to-play mobile game it asks you to spend like 40 dollars on gems and you say say no and you <laughs> and you keep playing okay like what what would you use the money for if you're if you were to go that route like um good question basically <laughs> making it easy mode uh, or lame. that's lame yeah like i don't need to do that so whatever i don't know if a lot of people do do that probably enough people i mean if they're releasing the game for free there are people out there that are doing that that's just yeah that reminds me um maybe a couple of years ago i was reading um like kind of a post-mortem article on a like gamma sutra or something on a pretty successful mobile game this guy talked what they did right and what they did wrong and one of the things the guy says they did wrong is they basically had a cap on or like a limited number of things you could buy. And they said, you should always have like an unlimited number, even if it seems insane, because there are people that will spend ridiculous amounts of money, even if it's a very tiny, tiny portion of the people who play your game. They'll spend shit tons of money because it's their favorite game in the world for <laughs> some reason. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I basically spent like a grand to play Killer Instinct 3. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, so I, I can see what they're... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. You fell into it. You fell into the trap. <laughs> yeah, well, at, at least it's not a cell phone game, right? It's actually fun. Yeah. I, but Puzzle Bobble is fun. Yeah, yeah. And it came with line stickers. Cool. If you don't know what line is, it's a popular instant messaging thing, largely on cell phones. So it's what everybody uses in Japan. Yeah, you know, oddly enough, I one of my buddies in Florida, he's he uses Line, and that's how I talked to him back in the states. So I don't know, maybe it's getting more popular out in the West too. I really have no idea. Yeah, if you, if you guys in the Americas and Europe and wherever disputed zone, <laughs> mm-hmm. Antarctica, mm-hmm. Uh, if you use Line, go ahead and tweet at me because I'm interested in knowing. I guess. <laughs> Slightly interested. 
Or just find us online and spam us with a bunch of <laughs> crap. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell you guys my line name. I will. <laughs> okay, Danny will tell you guys my line name. Yes, okay, fair enough. All right, but I did mention Killer Instinct. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. They just released uh, like their season two change notes for the existing characters and game mechanics, and I don't think I've seen this many changes to a game in my entire life. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's Good it's, changes, or...? Um, they seem good. Okay. For the most part, but they are substantial. But, like, as you may have heard, uh, they're switching developers entirely. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, uh, the old guys, uh, was it Double Helix? Right, I, sure. Iron Helix? Sure, Double Helix. Double Helix. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they got bought out by, like, Amazon or something. Oh, yeah. I'd read about yeah. that. That's odd. Along with rumors that Amazon wanted to make their own system. Right. I wish them the best in their endeavors. <laughs> uh, so, development shifted over to Iron Galaxy, which has done the super-duper amazing jobs of porting old games to, like, Xbox Live and PSN with the best net code that money can buy, which is actually pretty cheap, incidentally, GDPO. <laughs> and... Uh, they're also the, the developers of Dive Kick, with the the main Dive Kick guy also being one of the main guys on Killer Instinct. Keats. <laughs> um. So anyway, they posted the change notes. A lot of changes to the game, like uh, they have aerial recaptures, which is basically once you knock a guy down like in the air when you hit him air to air, you can basically replant them on their feet stunned and continue the combo oh interesting okay yeah like Skullgirls kind of has that as a standard thing um it seems that it's going to be a character specific thing for season two of killer instinct like you know tj combo was going to do it that was one of his main things and he's like the first new character coming out for season two Mm -hmm. and They've gone back and they've ge- given some of the characters the ability to do that in like certain situations. Like Orchid can now do it off of her air throw. Uh, Saberwolf can do it if he spends meter on his super pounce move. I forget what it's called. So some characters can do it, some characters don't. Um, some characters have new moves. Like Orchid has a grenade move. She's going to have a grenade move. Okay, okay. She throws a grenade. <laughs> okay. It blows up. I'm very interested. Interesting. In how, how this is going to work out. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of characters are getting reworked. Like, Fulgore is getting, like, completely reworked, it seems like. Really? As far as his meter gain goes. Like, like um, he doesn't... In Season 1, he doesn't build his meter like normal characters do by doing moves, getting hit, that sort of thing. He would have to stop and charge it up. Now it's different. Like he he gains meter automatically at varying speeds depending on what he does. So I'm very interested to see how this works out. Like, will he get a lot of meter from like running away and doing nothing? Or will I have to do a bunch of stuff to like keep up with the opponent? Right. Who knows? <laughs> so I'm very eager to try that out. I believe the new changes are coming on the 23rd. Okay, okay. 
and the Japanese release, which I am very excited about because I'll have more people to play against. Not many, but... <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. coming out in like a, a few days from when we're recording this. Oh, cool. Like, it's on the 5th, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty close. Yeah, but the Xbox One release. Wow. Oh, and uh, Killer Instinct 2 is coming with it included as if you get the premium version. Oh, wow. Okay, that's cool. And it will have net play. Oh, wow. Cool. Yes. Like, okay, so if you got the premium version of Season 1, it came with Killer Instinct 1, and it did not have net play. It was a very quick port. Not a lot of, like, virtually no features. It was just pretty much a straight emulator for the arcade version. But, yeah, so, but, you know, Iron Galaxy, like, if you played, like, any of the games they ported on the Xbox and PS3, for example, uh, Darkstalkers, Marvel vs. Capcom Origins, um, I think they did the... T- the the old Capcom JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and and like a lot of other games, and they do like a spectacular job of adding a lot of extras, effort everywhere, production values, and it's fantastic. So I I hope that they're also handling Killer Instinct too. It sounds like they are if it's gonna have net play. Yeah, yeah. But you know sometimes. <laughs> sometimes even on a very old game for example uh the mortal Kombat collection had terrible net play <laughs> in the gear of our lord 2012 or whatever year it was <laughs> there, there's like no excuse for that like you can you can license ggpo for less than what it would cost you to develop your own garbage ass internal net code <laughs> so yeah, Killer Instinct coming to Japan for the first time ever. It's very exciting. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's exciting for me. <laughs> and I'm you and maybe a couple, maybe half dozen other people. It'd be good times. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, I, I take it to Final Round Bats every month. And, you know, there's a, some interest in it. And, like, uh, I think I talked about last month my pal who was the only Japanese player to enter Killer Instinct at Evo. Right, right, right. Did, he did pretty well for himself. Yeah, because it's a, it's a fun game. It's a good game. No, I I, yeah, what, what what I played with you last year at TGS, I really thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and there were like only four characters yeah. in that build. Yeah, and I mean, if, if I had an extra, you know, 500 bucks or whatever, I'd get an Xbox One, but it's just not in the cards right now, you know? Yeah, get money. <laughs> yes. Get, get money. <laughs> yes. All right, that wraps up for what I'm playing. Uh, one final piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, go find uh, this guy, Darkside Jeff, a.k.a. Jeff the Hero. Okay. It's spelled G-E-O-F-F. Find his, find his YouTube videos of him playing Killer Instinct, mm-hmm. and you will laugh very hard. Okay, cool. <laughs> Yes. Okay, so that's it for me. <laughs> Get on that video search. And while you're doing that, we'll take a quick break here and we'll be back with the news. There's a lot of stuff that happened. Like I said, hopefully I didn't forget anything. Probably did, but that's fine, I guess. So we'll be back in a couple, couple seconds.
All right, so news. A lot of stuff's been going on. We'll start quickly by going through uh, media create sales data. Uh, in terms of software, Yokai Watch. Oh, sorry. This is also for the week of bah, 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 week of August 18th to August 24th. Um, yeah, so kicking things off with software. Uh, Yokai Watch still number one, 77,000 units that week, uh, up to about 2.28 million units here. Uh, the Last of Us Remastered, which was released that particular week uh, for PS4, 30,000. Um, Bullet Girls, which Ty yes. <laughs> showed me a video of before the show. Ty, what do you know about this game, or what what could you what would you like to say about this game? Or I know if this wasn't an American game, there would be Senate hearings already. <laughs> yeah, and I, from just watching most of the trailer that Ty showed me, like these are supposed to be like first grade girls in high school, so essentially like tenth graders if you're in the United States, like what, fifteen years old, sixteen, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So you know, jailbait, but <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. The video started off with like chocolate bananas. And you're feeding them to these girls. I don't even. I'm not sure if that was the same yeah. game. I don't Maybe know if it, it was. was. It did look like the same aesthetics and stuff like that, though. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it was the bonus stage. Yeah, that sounds about right. And a lot of like touching stuff because it's Vita. Right. So, <laughs> so like, I guess technically this game is a third-person shooter. Oh yeah. But you know, it just immediately zips up to peak anime and. Oh yeah. Like it... you know, exploding clothes. <laughs> It's all there. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, the, the actual gameplay stuff, aside from the weird exploding, you know, skirts and, you know, hey, oh, she's in her panties and bra now, and you could touch her. <laughs> aside from that, like, it looked kind of like a semi-fun, like, third-person shooter. The idea is, I guess, these girls are at this school, and they have to learn how to fight <laughs> with guns, you know, as you do at Japanese schools. If battle yeah, royale is any indication, <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly normal. Um, so yeah, weird, but it sold about thirty thousand units in its first week, so not bad for a Vita game. Um, up next on the list, Diablo Three Ultimate Edition for both the PS4 and PS3. PS4 one outsold the PS3 PS3 one just by a hair, seventeen thousand. Uh, PS3 version about fifteen. Uh, Hyrule Warriors number six on the list. That was the second week it was out. About 15,000 units up to right around 84,000 total. Um, so, yeah, who knows when, it's, when it comes out in the West, I, you know, it, who knows how well it's going to do. But then again, if you think about it, it's, can you, I can't even count how many Dynasty Warriors or Warriors games there are. And I don't think they sell like a whole hell of a lot. I mean, they're pretty popular here in Japan, but. I mean, any more? I don't know if any of them even get over like a million units. And you know, if you're out there listening and you're saying bullshit, yeah, they do. Please tell me. <laughs> I'm I'm, in, I'm curious and interested to know. Um, Maybe they're really cheap to develop. That, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, they probably just have this engine and they just put you know put in new assets and stuff like that. I mean, you know, there's a one piece one that they did. Of, uh, what the heck, Fist of the North Star one they did among like the traditional ones they do as well. So. I don't know. I, I hope this works out for them because it's a pretty cool game, and I think a lot of people in the West can really enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, keep your eyes peeled on that. Um, in terms of hardware, 3DS at the top of the list, 35,000 units that week. 
uh, life year to date, it's 1.39 million, about 1.4 million compared to last year, where it was up to like about a million units more, about like 2.4. So, you know, this year hasn't been as strong of a year for 3DS, and we're going to talk about some other things that I think are going to really kind of help out a lot. But, you know, last year was just such a good year to be a 3DS owner. So many like cool games coming out this in every region, you know. Um, Yes, I, I think that definitely has a big part to play in that there. Um, next up on that list is the PlayStation Vita, uh, about 16,000 units. Then the Wii U coming in after that, and with the PS4 and PS3 lagging behind. Uh, yeah, about 8.9, or no, I'm sorry, God, 8,900. <laughs> 8,900 you know, units sold here. Year to date, only about 373,000. Lifetime to date, not even 2 million yet here. Um, so, but even though that is the case, you know, it, it does seem that, uh, uh, it looks like they are definitely outperforming, uh, the PlayStation 4 on a semi-consistent basis, oddly enough. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we've talked about this before, you've probably heard it all over the internet and stuff too, I mean, console gaming is dying in Japan, it's almost practically dead, but, you know, stuff like PS uh, Vita and, you know, 3DS and stuff like that, that's where the stuff really shines. So that's where you see a lot of, you know, Japanese games going to, like that type of stuff. So, yeah, so that's going to kind of do it with the sales data. One other thing I want to get in here before as well, uh, there's a Hyrule Warriors update coming out here for the game. Uh, this is going to add a couple of different things. This version 1.20 comes out on September 1st. Um, it's adding, I believe, a challenge mode, and yeah, so I guess you're just fighting guys, just maybe it's a survival type of thing. Um, they're, they're adding the ability to like change background music while you're doing it as well, and they're also adding in this big, ridiculous 8-bit version of Link's sword and shields <laughs> into like the Warriors game, so it's like, just imagine like the crisp-looking, you know, Warriors engine, and all of a sudden there's this big, weird you know <laughs> yeah they're they're giant sized and they're hilarious yeah i, I saw the screenshots mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's it's something else so yeah then other than that there, i think there's a couple other uh different uh little minor bug fixes and stuff and some stuff i you know in terms of like bugging out and stuff i never had the game like crash on me and stuff i heard i think a4 said that they had crash on them a couple times or something i never had that problem ever um but anyways yeah so that's coming and it might even already be in the versions that are coming out to, you know, the, the West. So we'll see about that. Um, yeah, then yesterday there was a Nintendo Direct on the 29th. Uh, a lot of different things were talked about. Like I said, it was, it was mainly 3DS focused. Uh, they did talk a, a very little bit about Smash Brothers stuff, uh, which is relevant to like both stuff. But um, yeah, I guess the biggest thing to come from this, and I'm sure... On this week's RFN, I, I don't think, you know, they record earlier and stuff, so they're not going to be talking about it more more than likely. But you'll probably hear something about this from, from those guys next week, so definitely, you know, tune into that. And also the connectivity, I'm, I'm pretty sure they already did some kind of a segment. But, yeah, so coming on October 11th, new Nintendo 3DS. Uh, there are two versions. It's a, basically a, a slightly updated uh, Nintendo 3DS. I mean, you still the same, like, form factors, just a couple of... Uh, differences here and so I'll kind of go ahead and just talk about those a little bit in terms of the 3D itself uh, there's better 3D viewing like uh, for the system like for example you can actually view from different angles 
uh, I believe the video said something along the lines like the camera does something with like tracking your eyes and and combination with the gyros and stuff so it can determine like where your eyes are and how well you can see the 3d so that's cool to see that you know they're not giving up completely on the 3d like they did with like you know the 2ds where they just threw it out the window um i don't know i mean when i play my 3ds i i always have the 3d turned up all the way i mean tied well a do you even play your 3ds <laughs> b when you do do you do you use the 3d at all uh, I don't play it, but when I do, <laughs> I, I usually have the 3D up. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know, you know, a, a lot of people I know that have it, or a lot of people I hear that play it, it's like, you know, I just turn it off, I hate it. And like, I don't know, I think it's kind of cool. For some games, you know, gives, it's, it, you know, especially like, you know, Mario 3D Land, it gives a really good, uh, some really good depth and stuff like that, and really adds to, like, the gameplay in some, in some instances. So, that's cool. Um, kind of a... In terms of like the buttons as well, there's going to be like a Famicom, a Super Famicom style uh, color scheme going on. Um, so you know, like I said, too, th these are actually two different units. One is like a standard 3DS like size, and the other is like an LL or an XL, as you would say. Um, the standard size one it comes with the the buttons are actually like the Famicom style colors: the what green, yellow, red, blue, I believe. And on the XLs, it's just like the letter like let's say for the letter a that's like one color b is another you know like that so kind of has like this kind of semi neo retro type of thing going for it but you know the biggest additions here to the system itself is the addition of what they are calling the c-stick on the right side of the face of like right above the face buttons and essentially this works as a the circle pad pro um they were talking about some you know there are some games that are actually going to be supporting this thing right out of the box, uh, Monster Hunter 4G, Final Fantasy Explorers, among a few others. Um, and they also added uh, ZL and ZR triggers. Well, I don't know if you'd call them triggers. They're like tiny buttons that are kind of, you know, uh, not too far away from the other shoulder buttons. Uh, yeah, so that's that's very interesting to add on there. Um, also, Amiibo support. There's an F NFC reader uh, built in as well on the somewhere maybe under the the bottom touch screen so that's cool uh there's better browsing support uh you, you, there's like html5 support you can view videos and stuff that i guess i never really used my 3ds too much for in terms of browsing the net so uh, really that's <laughs> the only thing i use i don't have a computer <laughs> you know I, i'm sure that there are you know people out there and probably kids and stuff that use it to, for that and so that's kind of good it kind of opens up a lot more stuff that they can do um, another thing they talked about too uh, there's going to be different themes that you could install onto your home screen and i believe you have to purchase them but you know they showed some really cool ones you know mario theme zelda theme donkey kong i think it's even like a famicom remix theme or something so that's pretty cool um with this system too there's some kind of upgrade to like the cpu and just general performance so this means that they're going to be faster downloads um and then like i said just improved improvements on like just i guess performance overall with with stuff that loads up i mean jesus you try to like load up like the miiverse it takes like you know 20 minutes or something you know it's just it just kind of defeats the purpose of it it seems like so that's nice um as a slightly better camera it's still like the point 0.3 megapixel grainy camera but i guess maybe they have like a better flash or something because they showed like some side-by-side -side comparisons of pictures taken with an old 3ds compared to like the new one and it looks a little bit brighter <laughs> so yeah this one also uses a micro sd card instead of sd um 
Uh, for the smaller ones, too, there are changeable covers. There's going to be 38 available at launch. Uh, some of the ones they showed were stuff like Mario and uh, Animal Crossing ones, stuff like that. So a lot of uh, customize, or custom, customization you can do to this stuff. That's pretty cool. Like I said, only available on the non-XL models. Uh, there's also a new cradle that they have, too. It's, it's a little different. It seems like you put it in kind of like standing up on its side as opposed to like laying down like you would on the older cradles. It's kind of neat. It's like 10 bucks, I think, 12 bucks. Um, yeah. Also, one interesting thing, too, that they said they're going to allow the ability to transfer data wirelessly between these 3DSs and your PC. So if you have pictures or... I don't know, you want some kind of songs on your 3DS because you don't have an MP3 player? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could do it. And I was trying to read a little bit more on this stuff before we recorded. I think you can actually, instead of, because, you know, if you're transferring from a, a standard 3DS to the new 3DS, you, you're going to have to get another, you know, SD card, a micro SD card, and you have to transfer the data probably just manually. But you can also do that wirelessly somehow and because they said they're they're supporting like windows 7 and windows 8 but you know mac users or anybody any like you know linux you're just completely out of luck um so yeah it's like i said coming out october 11th uh the smaller ones 16,000 yen about 160 bucks uh the bigger ones 18,800 yen about about 190 bucks so yeah, Ty, what are your initial thoughts about this? Do you even give a crap? <laughs> Not really. I'm a little concerned, actually, if they're, like, upping the juice in the processor and then, like, I guess Xenoblade needs that. Yeah, so that's that's another thing, too. You know, Ty mentioned Xenoblade. Well, there is a Xenoblade remake being made on the new 3DS that is not going to be playable on older 3DSs, and that's thanks to the improved improvements with the CPU and stuff. And you know, it, looking at, I, I did watch some of the footage of Xenoblade on 3DS blown up on my TV, so it looked, you know, like shit because it was <laughs> a little tiny ass screen blown up that goddamn big. But you know, I'd imagine it probably looks pretty nice, you know, on a on a smaller 3DS screen. But yeah, it is kind of concerning because. Yeah, you almost have like a DSi situation where when that thing came out, there were a few games that like, oh, you have to play this on DSi. And it's even kind of reminiscent of stuff like, you know, Game Boy Color, where it's just a completely different hardware. But so, yeah, I don't know how this is going to, what this actually means for a lot of games. I mean, in terms of, I guess, Circle Pride Pro support, I mean, that's just something that developers can put in and it just makes more sense now because it's just something that people can do easily instead of having this asinine attachment to your system that makes it like, you know, 20 pounds and as big as like, you know, a desktop computer. <laughs> so. PC master race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I just got a 3DS XL my Japanese one back in December, and I got my American one last summer, and I'm probably going to get the XL version of this just because, it, I don't know, I'm, I'm interested just to see how it, well, first of all, I want to see how the C-Stick feels. I, I, I'm interested in playing Xenoblade on my 3DS. It seems like a pretty cool thing, and, you know, Amiibo support, stuff like that, just general performance upgrades and stuff, too. It just sounds, sounds pretty good. Um, I'm all for that type of stuff. So yeah, I might get it. Like my 3ds LL, it has kind of an kind of a messed up uh, headphone jack. So I might just sell that and okay. get the new one. 
Okay. Yeah, and the, I mean, the good thing, too, I mean, these are the same exact prices as the other 3DS units. I think the original one was like 15000 but, you know, it's like 10 more bucks or something, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm kind of disappointed that you can't, that you cannot, they don't have the changeable covers for the, for the XL, because I think that was just kind of cool, and it's a good way that you can, like, personalize your system. I mean, you can, if you wanted to, you can, like, mix and match stuff, have, like, there was one, like I said, with Mario, and you can have, like, his head and have, like, I don't know, the pants from a girl and Animal Crossing, <laughs> something weird like that if you want to. Um, but, Face yeah. plates. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, we were talking earlier, it kind of takes us back, to, well, it takes me back <laughs> to, uh, you know, the, the Game Boy Micro days where that was yeah. just a thing, kind of, <laughs> until the system just didn't do well and nobody cared, um, unfortunately. But... Yeah. So, in terms of other stuff that was showed off, shown off at the direct itself, uh, there was some in, in ex, uh, extended gameplay footage of Final Fantasy Explorers, which is coming out on 3DS on uh, December 18th. Um, a lot of stuff they showed. Like I said, this is a lot of uh, class stuff. I mean, you know, you got like a lot of your basic stuff, like monks and well, black mages, you know, all that type of crap. And for those of you guys who don't know about this game, we talked about it a little bit last month. It's a it's basically kind of like a Final Fantasy meets Monster Hunter type of a clone type of thing. It looks like. I mean, maybe take out all the monsters, like the big monsters and stuff like that, and add in maybe smaller characters that you're fighting too. And uh, yeah, but it's you can play you know with other players and stuff. It looks kind of like a fun uh, multiplayer experience, and it's coming to 3DS. Uh, one other thing they showed too is the ability to play as like older characters, like you know, some kind of like a character skin. Like one they showed was Cloud and from Final Fantasy VII, and when it's showing that, like, you're in his outfit and is playing, like, Final Fantasy VII music in the background. So I think that has a, a lot of chances for um, hitting that nostalgia factor with, like, a lot of different Final Fantasy characters and stuff, too. So that's kind of cool. Um, da -da 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 -da. They have, uh, had, like, an updated trailer, like a, like a CG trailer for Bravely Second, the sequel to Bravely Default. Um, allegedly, it's coming out this, this winter, so we'll see. Um, I hope so. It's, it, the first one was a really fun game, and Actually, too, here, they have a special thing going right now on the eShop where if you, basically, you can download Bravely Default, the first one, for the sequel, like the updated version, the same version that's released internationally, and you can play through the first four chapters of the game, so that's, you know, essentially, like, 20 hours or so of the game, you can play for free, <laughs> and then you can decide if you want to buy it or not, so that's, that's a really kind of a good value proposition for people that don't own it and have a Japanese 3DS, <laughs> um, so... Yeah. So yeah. there's a couple. Yeah, there were a couple other things that they talked about too. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. That's right. There are two uh, new 3ds LL like theme sets that are coming here as well. On that on that launch day, there's a Monster Hunter 4G uh, silver and black unit coming out. Uh, has like a Monster Hunter 4 logo, I think, on the like right lower right hand corner of the front. It uh, looks pretty slick. I, I didn't. I don't think they showed us a picture of the inside. It looks like it's silver on the outside and maybe black on the inside. Uh, another one that's coming as well in November, uh, a special Smash new 3DS LL, which the artwork is really, really similar to what is being found on like the units that are coming out in Europe and North America, except for, I, I believe, like the logo. I think they took out the thing that says Smash Brothers, and it's have like a, that weird like circle thingy or whatever. Yeah, the, the circle logo. Yeah, <laughs> that thing. So, I mean, yeah, but it's the new one, so that's really interesting. Um, 
Yeah, so I think that about covers it with the Direct. There were a couple other things they talked about, but the, you know, the, the main thing was this new 3DS. And um, like I said, I'm planning on getting it, so come October, and maybe even before that, you can look forward to hearing me, possibly Ty, uh, talk about this at that time. So, yeah. yeah. So like I said, I, yeah, I think that's about it, Ty, unless you have any other closing thoughts on the system or any of this other stuff. Not really. It's kind of a head scratcher to like make what is effectively new hardware. Yeah, it's and it's it's weird because it's you know it's not new, but it is because it still plays you know 3ds games. It's not drastically different, but it's different enough where you know this game can't be played on older 3ds's in terms of Xenoblade. You know, so I don't know. We'll see how this works. I mean. Like I said, it's it's really similar to DSi in that sense, too. So we'll see how this kind of works out. Uh, one final bit of news here we have. Uh, as I'm pretty sure most of you guys out there are well aware, there was some leaks for Smash Brothers here uh, recently. A lot of stuff came out. Whether or not this stuff is true or not, maybe it's not all of it, some of it, it's kind of debatable. But it looks like a lot of this stuff is. Ty, you're kind of familiar with this am i right yeah um there are some potential leaks for uh the smash brothers wii u roster uh, a little more credible than user than usual it seems like uh bowser jr was just straight up leaked from video from the esrb that they used to rate their uh vi their games well all games <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um so yeah, th like earlier, there were uh, some photos that showed uh, some crazy guys like uh, Duck Hunt Dog, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like I want it to be real. Yeah. It, like <laughs> yeah, that, that's course. like exactly the kind of character that would seem fake, but I hope it's real. It might be real. And right. in th this whole batch of characters, there's uh, some old returning characters and, and Shulk, which has is official now it's a yeah it's confirmed so i mean yeah <laughs> yeah that was just confirmed with this last minute you know direct so yeah there could be something to this you know I, I i definitely think that there are that there is so um and then you know geez like here the, the game comes out for 3ds on the 13th of september so it's you know not going to be much longer when we're going to know a lot more about this and you know i know on staff on the NWR staff, Neil has a Japanese 3DS. I have one. Don has one. Um, yeah, and then you know, you'll hear more about it here as well, uh, too. But you know, all the stuff that's coming out, and you know, try we'll try to be as spoiler-free as we we can be. Maybe even just have a little warning or something before we totally blow something. It's a away. fighting game. I will. I don't even consider spoilers to exist. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so, you know, with all these leaked characters and stuff... Zelda dies. Yeah, Zelda dies, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know, like what? Like you said, Returning Guys 2, Ness, Rob, Mr. Game & Watch, Falco, Jigglypuff, Wario, da-da-da-da-da. I will like... welcome them back with open arms. Yeah, and I mean, if that's if all this leaked stuff is, like, true, that's going to put the roster up to somewhere around, like, 49, 50 characters or something, which is crazy. But that's cool, because, I mean... Crazy, it's, says the guy who didn't play Marvel for years of his life. Hey, I played it, like, around the time when it first came out. So, like, the original versions. Any, Good well, job, I guess. <laughs> thank you. So, 
Yeah, so it's, <laughs> in, in a project like this, similar to Marvel, it's good to have like all these different representations from all these different franchises. Because that's exactly what this game's about. It's about having all these crazy fights that you couldn't have you know, in the regular games all by themselves. So, cool. So Money match me. <laughs> yes. So, all right. So, Ty, is that all you got to say about this stuff, man? Or Um... Yeah. Are, are um, you are you getting smashed at launch on 3DS? No, probably okay. not. Okay. I might change my mind, but I don't think I'm gonna. I don't okay. think I'll end up like playing it ever because <laughs> it's a fighting game on portable. I can let you play mine, then you know. Yeah, I mean, I got some other friends getting it. Maybe if a lot of my friends get it, I'll get it. But I'm I'm not exactly lining up to get it. Sure. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still honestly looking more looking forward to the the Wii version a little bit more than the 3DS one. Yeah, Just, that's it's the real deal. Yeah, and you know, actually, you know, like I said, with the with the you know the new 3DS coming out with a better 3D uh, viewing and stuff like that, this is going to be perfect because when you're playing Smash Brothers on a 3DS and you have the 3D turned on, can you imagine how crazy that would be? Because you're shaking the system around like a madman. At least I will be. And you're like probably losing that 3D all the time, so I can imagine that you know that being a bit of a problem. But with the new one, yeah, it shouldn't be as big of a deal. So what? <laughs> so, like I said earlier, the new 3DS uh, basically it tracks like your eyes or something like that with the camera, so it can determine. It, basically, the 3D screen is enhanced, and you don't have to hold it like directly in front of your face to see it. Okay. So if you, so if you, so I I don't actually move around like a spastic when I play video games. Well, if you're, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying if you're playing like a fighting game with a controller, it's not a big deal, right? right? But if you're playing a fighting game on your 3DS and you're trying to pull off some kind of crazy combo or something like that, maybe the the system's shaking a little bit, right? No. Am I, am, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I'm good, so Okay, maybe I just play like a I, I don't know. know. Maybe maybe you'll have to do like uh You'll have to mash out a Magneto's Tempest, <laughs> like where you have to hit like six, eight, 12, eighteen inputs in less than half a second. I don't think Smash Bros. is that complicated, okay. but maybe it will be. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay, well maybe that's just a Danny problem then. So, I guess with that, we'll go ahead and end the news, and we're gonna go ahead and move yeah. Actually, on to... now I hope it does. I hope they put Magneto in the game. <laughs> it's it's happening <laughs> welcome to so, die <laughs> we'll take a quick break and when we come back we're going to have another round of fake or real and yeah ty has that already so be ready to be punked or something it's probably just gonna be me being wrong so enjoy that we'll be back in a couple here in a couple So next up, Ty's crazy game that we did last month. I hope you guys enjoyed it because we're going to do it again, whether or not you did. <laughs> <laughs> Mandatory fun. Yes. <laughs> Faker Real. Um, Ty, go ahead and just break it down for us. Okay. Faker Real is a quiz game I created last month um, where I name a crazy Japanese game. No, I don't name it. I describe it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I describe a crazy Japanese game. 
and uh, my podcast friends, which I suppose is just Danny this month. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just. No, I, I am blessed to have Danny on this podcast yes. to do this. Amen. So I, I describe a game like, you, you know, I could d- describe like Bullet Girls from the first segment of this podcast. <laughs> like an anime game where you shoot it, where schoolgirls shoot at tanks and their clothes explode. <laughs> so there's a, a rich ocean of Japanese games that are so weird that I have to draw from, and you cannot tell if they are fake or real. Yes, yes. So, yeah, feel free to play along at home. I'm mandatorily playing, and I'm going to have my mind blown by some of these things that are going to be real, I'm sure. <laughs> so. Right. There's a theme this month. Okay. The theme is visual novels and dating sims. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. I know I've okay. talked about a few crazy ones on the past, like uh, the Samurai Showdown one. That's real. You can get it on <laughs> DS. <laughs> okay, so I have three here. Oh, earlier I flipped a coin three times. So fate has deter- determined how many are fake and how many are real. Oh, God. Okay. So so there's no pattern, no rhyme or reason. Okay, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. You're up Anime Creek without a body pillow. nice are you ready to step into the thunderdome i think so okay what order do i want to ask these in okay i got it all right the first visual novel slash dating sim in this game japan has done away with its uh system of government with the prime minister and adopted americas and your girlfriend becomes the president and she also has to tangle with aliens and the president of Russia, which is also an adorable anime girl. <laughs> of course. So a ge- an anime game where your girlfriend is the president, fake or real? Hmm. So, you know, initially when you started describing this, I started thinking about Liberation Maiden, that game that was part of the Guild 01 series. That I think it was Suda 51 did that game weird game where there's a girl the president's daughter is like taking up the role of the president or some whatever was she equipped with ballistics (laughs) ballistics yes no probably um you know i'm gonna say this thing is real okay and the answer is yes it is real okay but it's not the game you're thinking of yeah it's not that i know it's not it's literally a game called my girlfriend is the president and there is an amazing youtube trailer for it watching is mandatory is it is the title like in japanese like my girlfriend is you know the japanese equivalent of that or no like okay yes the daitorio my girlfriend is the president (laughs) there may be an english version in any case the trailer was english i think Okay, okay. Wow, that's something else. <laughs> so congratulations <laughs> on guessing that one right. Awesome, I got one. You're, cool. you're well on your way to becoming Supreme Anime Lord. Well, <laughs> that's that's quite a title. Okay, let's move on to the next game. All right, in this game, you are a nerdy shut-in. Uh, what's the word for that? Otaku? <laughs> No, no, there's something oh, more extreme. Oh, that one. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of that word. Yeah, yeah, that Okay, word. and in this game, you decide to head on out to the a- 
outside world and try not to be such a shut-in. And your girlfriend is an anime body pillow. <laughs> and, and you struggle for uh, society to accept your relationship. I thought you were talking about games, not my real life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So the struggle is real, but <laughs> is this game real? Hmm. Almost sounds too good to be true. <laughs> um, shoot, you know, with this one, I think I'm going to say this one is fake. Okay. My girlfriend is an anime body pillow. The answer is yes, it is fake. Oh, man. Okay. Wow. You're doing super good this Wow. Month. Last month, I just got, you know, the first one right and then the second one wrong and then the last one wrong because, yeah. Okay. Uh, my secret fear is like I make up a game and it turns out to be real. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. Like I'm going to double check like after this. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it becomes real, I'm going to buy that game. <laughs> right. Well, that's meta. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, last game. Can you go three for three? Will you be the all-time anime champion? I hope so. Okay, this game. Your girlfriend is uh, an otherworld, otherworldly uh, Cthulhu-like nightmare creature, but you see her for her true inner beauty. And that's it? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to say this one is real. It is real. Whoa. Okay. What is this game? <laughs> this game is called Seiya no Uta, Seiya's Song. Maybe I mentioned it a, a year or two ago on the podcast. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> this is one I did play and enjoy. Wow. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, or I guess the main character, has some brain condition where he sees everything wrong and the entire world is a twisted hellscape <laughs> except you meet a really super cute adorable girl who becomes your girlfriend but what you don't actually know is she's a twisted creature from another dimension <laughs> wow it's what what is this on is it pc or what yeah it's just a pc visual novel okay okay interesting yeah, actually, you know, speaking of visual novels, I have no idea how sexual or violent this one is, <laughs> but uh, there's some, like, weird one that just came out on the Wii Virtual Console last week at the time of the recording. It's, like, some kind of, I think it could be translated as, like, scary stories from school, and it's it's some, like, 95 Super Famicom game, and they have, like, looks like live, you know, like, real pictures of kids in, like, you know, Super Nintendo forms on the game and stuff like that, and, it, you know, it's a novel type of thing. But, yeah, it's like I wonder, like, what are these kids doing now? I mean, because these kids are probably, you know, in their 40s or something because they're probably, like, you know, 25 pretending to be high school students at the time. But, wow. Anyway. <laughs> Let yeah. me tell you about a, digin, a pigeon dating sim. <laughs> yeah. That that was kind of the, the game that inspired this whole segment, by the way. Yeah. That's Hatofru Boyfriend. Yes, that's incredible. And I'm glad something like that exists, and I'm glad that I've never played it. <laughs> so yeah uh try those games <laughs> my girlfriend is the president and say no uta cool 
Awesome. Well, I ho- those of you out there, are you the ultimate anime graphic novel champion like me? <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, cool. Well, thanks a lot, Ty. It's always fun. And, um, yeah, we're probably going to be doing some more of that next month, too. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So. You saw it right through my lies. No, I just just <laughs> that maybe. <laughs> or you got lucky. I, it, may, we'll see over the long haul. Yeah. Well, who who knows what's fake or real? Yeah, exactly. So all right. So we'll go ahead and close this out and we're going to take one more quick musical break and be right back and close out the show. So that's going to bring this episode of the Famicast to a close. Uh, as always, you know, if you have any suggestions, comments, anything like that, feel free to leave something in the talk back below. Uh, you can also, uh, you know, like I said, anything to improve the show, something you think is great, something you think is terrible, whatever. Hey, man, I'm here to listen to improve this as much as possible. Danny, so, your show sucks. Thank you. <laughs> and if even if you do say that, I'll probably be as nice as possible as I can to or just ignore you. No. <laughs> no. But uh, if you want to get a hold of me directly, uh, or the Famicast directly, you can email us at famicast at nintendoworldreport.com. We're also, we are also on Twitter at the uh, – wait a second. I think it's the, at the Famicast. Um, I'm trying to update that a little bit more. I haven't been doing much with it here recently, but we'll try to get back to doing some stuff with that. Um, for me personally, it's at DannyBiv, D-A-N-N-Y-B-I-V, and Ty. Oh, yes. I'm Super Cat Drugs, a very popular handle on the internet, if I do say so myself. I would agree. So. Yes. And I, I, I love Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, next month is Tokyo Game Show. That's starting on September 18th, running until the 21st, I believe. And I'm going. Ty, are you going to be there? Yeah, dude. Okay, cool. I'm going to I'm going to go on like one of the business days and maybe one of the public days and um so yeah we're going to try to have some coverage for you maybe even live from the show well obviously not live but you know from recorded on the show floor uh and you know st- definitely stay tuned to Nintendo World Report I'll be writing up a lot of impressions of a lot of games that you probably don't even want to play <laughs> so <laughs> yeah and then maybe closer to the show too I'll have a list out of what's going to be at the show I'm hoping that Final Fantasy Explorers is going to be there and Bravely Second so we'll see about that um yeah also starting next month too we're gonna, you're going to there's going to be a familiar face that's going to be joining us again I'm not going to say much more than that, but look forward to that. And yeah, I guess with that, the show is finished here for this month. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Ty, thank you so much for being on, man. Oh, it's always my pleasure. Awesome. And we will see you guys next month. But be sure to stick around for our bonus Life in Japan segment coming after this next musical break, all about baseball in Japan.
Hello and welcome to this segment of Life in Japan. Again, it's Danny and I'm also joined by uh, maybe a familiar voice. His name's Josh. We have done uh, segments before. Josh, say something. Something. <laughs> yeah, Josh's a really cool guy and uh, today we're going to be talking about Japanese baseball and... Baseball! Yeah, kind of our experiences with it. I'm not saying we're experts or anything like that, but... I'll say that I'm not an expert. Okay. But, you know, it's summertime, well, the very end of summer, and I... It's the end. It's the end of summer. It is. And I thought it'd be kind of appropriate to talk about this. But baseball is still in full swing. Well, yeah. Oh, hey, there it is. That was a pun. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I get it. I think so. I'm just explaining it for the listeners. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess just a little bit of background on uh, baseball in Japan. It first came over here in 1872. But, you know, it, it got pretty popular. It's In Japan, it's not called baseball. It's called yaku which is a combination of the words of the characters for field and ball. And so even just a few years after that, you know, the first baseball team was established and in 1878. And then even in the early 1900s, there were international games between U.S. and Japanese teams, sometimes even involving pro players from the U.S. coming to Japan. Like, I think I'd read that some, like the White Sox came and a couple other teams like that. They too. probably had to take a boat. Probably. That um, must have taken forever. Yeah, that probably wouldn't have been that fun. <laughs> That's messed up. But, so yeah, in, in terms of how modern Japanese baseball is set up today, uh, there are two leagues. There's a Pacific and Central League, and each team has six teams in them. Um, you know, the, basically the equivalent of the World Series is called the Japan Series. You know, the best two teams play in there, all that type but of But there's stuff. only 12 teams, right? Yeah, 12. It's so boring. There's only 12 teams, and they play each other all the time. <laughs> It just seems like, you know, they really should have some more teams, but, you know, Japan's not a big country. So. Yeah, and, you know, another thing, too, as opposed to stuff in the States where, you know, all the teams are named after cities, and, you know, it, I guess it seems more blatant recently, but, you know, stadium names for a lot of professional sports are all being named, going away from, hey, this is this or that stadium, to like, hey, it's AT&T Field. Well, they all, have, they all have cities, but it's almost more common just for them to refer to the, the corporate sponsor. The most well-known team, of course, is the Tokyo Giants, but most people just call it the Yomiuri Giants. Yeah, so. exactly. So, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of differences in that. Rules are pretty much the same. I guess one kind of weird thing about Japanese baseball, and it's something I experienced from the first time I ever went to a game, is that the games can end in ties, which is it just goes against everything I ever thought about baseball yes i also experienced that on my the first time i went to see a game i saw the tokyo giants and they were playing my favorite team the chiba latte marines because mm -hmm. i'm from chiba mm -hmm. you're born and raised there <laughs> yeah and uh i was really excited the game was going i think it was like i think it was about three to three mm -hmm. and the bottom of the ninth everybody just got up and left and i turned to my friend and said what's happening where's everybody going we gotta go extra innings and he's like oh no uh tie game and we have to get to the trains <laughs> yeah so apparently there is a limit i think it's 12 innings in like the regular season and they maybe go a little bit higher in playoffs but which is kind of weird i don't understand how a playoff game could end in ties but i'm sure they figured out somehow but well the stakes aren't exactly high seeing as how there's only 12 teams <laughs> yeah so you know that was that was kind of a shocker and you know especially after the 2011, you know, uh, earthquake and tsunami and stuff, there were some limitations on how long 
games could be played due to like power restrictions and stuff. Like a, I think it was three and a half hours. They said that's about how long they wanted them to play at the time to kind of conserve power. Well, I was pissed because I thought you can't end a baseball game in a tie. <laughs> in America, they'll go till three in the morning if they have to. But you know, you don't just end in a tie. That's for girls. <laughs> yeah. So I think you know before I came to Japan, one thing I always wanted to do is to go to a baseball game here because you know, I've been to several games in the states. You know, I'm from Illinois, so I got to see a lot of you know Cub games, Cardinal games, stuff like that. Even unfortunately, go see the Brewers face somebody people when they were terrible. <laughs> I'm from Cleveland, so I am all about the tribe, and um, we've had some really, really, well, really terrible luck. We were good a little bit, like just good enough to think that there's hope, but then, like all Cleveland teams, they just dashed all our hopes. So. Crippling depression. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I wouldn't say that I always wanted to go to a baseball game. But it was something I thought, oh, I'd like to do that. My interest in Japanese baseball probably started with the film Mr. Baseball, starring Tom Selleck and his mustache. <laughs> Which also, the manager's daughter, is. she's there to like teach him about living in Japan and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she takes, like, she, she gives him a bath and then they bang. And I'm like, man, <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> it's just, it's, you have to be a baseball player for that to happen. Yeah, it doesn't work like that for English teachers, but um, but no, it was other than that, it was a good movie. I mean, that I mean, that was a good part of the movie, but it was also interesting to see the differences in you know the team dynamics and everything. And uh, I don't want to give any spoilers. I think you should just rent the movie on Netflix or illegally download it. Okay, it's called Mr. Baseball. It's awesome. Okay, I think I've seen that. It was. Years ago. But it was a long time ago. Yeah. Like, the hot chick is probably not even that hot anymore. <laughs> happens. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I had a chance to go to my first game two years ago. And it's actually on my birthday, coincidentally. Like, a guy I work with, he's like, hey, man, I have some tickets. You want to go? And I was like, okay, sure. So we drove from Saitama all the way into Tokyo uh, to go to the Tokyo Dome. And, you know, Tokyo Dome, it's not just... The stadium, there's actually a lot of cool stuff around there. And Josh, I know you have a lot more probably experience with that. Well, area. I've always wanted to go to the Tokyo Dome because I love Guns N' Roses. And back in 1992, mm-hmm. they released a two VHS tape set, <laughs> which I have, <laughs> live at the Tokyo Dome. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like this, it's like, oh my God, I'm standing outside the Tokyo Dome. Where Guns N' Roses played in 1992. <laughs> FYI, I also got to see them play in 2009. So I got to go inside and see them play in the actual Tokyo Dome, like in the video. But my first time, I, I think I was just visiting Tokyo Dome City, which is the little, it's this complex right outside. It's got, there's there's actually amusement park rides. There's all kinds of shops. There's a big arcade. There's all kinds of restaurants. Mm-hmm. But the more important thing is that they have a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It's called the Thunder Dolphin, which is one of the pussiest names I've ever heard <laughs> for a roller coaster. <laughs> the Thunder Dolphin. Sounds pretty hardcore to me. And it cost a thousand yen to ride it, at least at the time. This was this was several years ago. Mm-hmm. So, And it's deceiving because when you see it, it doesn't look that big because it's surrounded by, you know, the city of Tokyo and buildings and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
But if it was like isolated by itself, it's actually a really big coaster. You can look on the list of like biggest coasters in the world, and at the time, you know, several years ago, it was it was in the top ten, hmm. at least the first drop. So it looks. It doesn't look as big as it is, but it's actually a pretty decent coaster. And what's really cool is it goes through the infrastructure of these other. It doesn't actually go through a building, mm-hmm. but it goes through it goes through a hole in the wall, uh-huh. which is kind of scary and fun. Yeah, and they also take your picture. Okay, one of those type of things. And since I know about roller coasters, I I could see the flash, so I knew where it was going. I made a face like, oh, I'm bored. Like, I was yawning. Like, oh, I don't even care. And the girl I was with was just, like, screaming her head off because she was scared. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Hmm. Yeah, I I didn't get to go on the roller coasters or anything, but I did get to see the Japanese Baseball Hall of Fame, which is, you know, kind of right underneath it. It's kind of odd. Oh, I didn't see that. I was all about the roller coaster. And I have not been – that was – um, what year was that? 2007, I think? Oh, man, okay. And I haven't been back because I put on a lot of weight, and I'm afraid my big fat ass won't fit in there. <laughs> so I want to pay a thousand yen and then wait in line and get up there and be like, "We're sorry, sir, but you're too fat to ride the ride." <laughs> like I just think it would be humiliating. So I'm not even going to attempt to go back until I lose a significant amount of weight. <laughs> okay, well, you can just go to the baseball, you know, Hall of Fame museum or whatever, and. Yeah, that's yeah, that's like the same price. That's almost as much fun as a roller coaster. Yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah. So you know, in terms of like the actual game itself, um, uh, the atmosphere is quite a bit different than what you find in the states. And uh, it, so, first of all, you know, Josh and I were kind of talking about this before mm-hmm. we started recording. But you know, there's there's always some kind of specific sections in the crowd for basically super fans, mm. you know, for the visiting team and also for the home team. So you, you go there and you just see, like, for example, for the Giants, they're orange. Basically, it's the same color scheme as, you know, the Giants in Major League Baseball. <laughs> but, you know, you see, like, you know, the orange shirts and guys with, like, megaphones and, you know, people just kind of going crazy. But it's it's much more organized. It's like they actually practice, you know, like anything else in Japan. They practice, they I'm not going to attempt to imitate it, but they have they have a series of chants or songs with choreographed moves, and it really does get in. I don't know if it gets in the players' heads, but it gets in the opponents' because, as I mentioned earlier, I like Chiba because I'm from I used to live in Chiba, but a, a good friend of mine, a Japanese guy, loves the Giants, and I hate the Giants because you know the Giants are basically the Yankees. Yeah, if you like the Yankees and you like the Giants, you have no soul. <laughs> you suck. So he loves the Giants. So the first game I went to was the Giants at Tokyo Dome, and they were playing Chiba. And we were in the Giants section, and I could see across the the, the field um, the Chiba section, which was, like, white with black pinstripes. Mm-hmm. And they were – no, wait, wait. The first time I went to Giants Stadium, they did not play Chiba. Okay. They were playing some other team, which I forget because it's not important. Okay. But a few months later, we went to Chiba Stadium, the Marine Stadium in Chiba, mm-hmm. and they were playing the Giants. And the only tickets my friend could get was right in the middle of, uh, you know, Chiba country. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> and we kicked their ass, and he was so pissed, because every time something good would happen, uh, everyone would do these dances and stuff, and they're all around him, and he was just sitting there going, God damn it, and he wanted to leave. <laughs> uh, I do believe... I think Chiba won. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. It's Chiba won. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of it, like like we said, it's a, it's a different kind of dynamic than what you find in Major League Baseball stadiums, at least from my experience. I mean, yeah, you got obviously people that are going are probably at least somewhat fans of the game, but it, you, you're kind of hard pressed to find like a whole section of the crowd that is working together aside from doing something like the wave, <laughs> right? Which I think is like a miracle of. You know, human cooperation. <laughs> How does that even happen? How does that even... Have you seen the wave go around the whole stadium? Yes. I just think that's beautiful. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in terms of, like, food and stuff like that at the game, a lot of stuff's pretty similar. I mean, you can get you know, ridiculously overpriced, you know, $10 beers and stuff like that. Well, the thing about the beers that I love, like, in, in America... You know, you'll see some crusty old man going, Beer, get your beer here. And he's obviously worked for 70 years at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> at Giant Stadium, all the the beer was distributed by these beer girls, and they were super cute, mm-hmm. wearing goofy little AKB outfits with short skirts and big socks, and they had the keg of beer in a backpack. Yeah. <laughs> and they would come around and just fill the cup right from their backpack. So I, I, did, I dug the beer girls, but what was even better was I saw a whiskey girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The yeah. same outfit, walking around with a keg of whiskey on her back. Mm-hmm. And obviously they don't serve whiskey in the United States baseball games because of stabbings. But in Japan, it's okay. So I was like, oh, my God, I got to get a glass of whiskey at a baseball game because when can you ever do that? So I had the whiskey girl come over. I think it was like 6 or $8. What a wonderful bargain. <laughs> yeah. Had my little shot of whiskey. But it was just awesome that, that you can do that because it's fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like for food, you can get like hot dogs. And- well, I did. I got hot dogs. Um, I was with a, a group of guys, and they were eating all kinds of Japanese stuff like yakisoba and takoyaki. And I said, no, man, we're at a baseball game. So I went and got hot dogs. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were just those those thin little gross wieners. <laughs> yeah. They weren't, I mean, they're not very good. They were hot dogs, but they weren't very good hot dogs. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a baseball stadium. I'm not expecting some kind of gourmet cuisine. I, I don't recall seeing any Peanuts or Cracker Jack. I, no, I don't even think Cracker Jack is a thing here. Nor did they stand up at the seventh inning and celebrate the seventh inning stretch. They did not do that. Right, right. Yeah, so that was kind of fun. I think when I went, I you know I got like a, a couple hot dogs, had like three or four beers. I got some chicken fingers. I got some ice cream, and I don't know. I just went crazy. I probably spent like fifty, sixty bucks just on food. <laughs> oh, another thing at Chiba Stadium, it was, it was you could bring your own beer. Really? <laughs> yeah. There's just one catch. You have to put it into their paper cups uh-huh. at the at the entrance and throw away the bottles and cans. Uh-huh. So. We just had so much. I had like sake and shochu and beer. <laughs> I just I filled up like six or seven cups of this stuff because and it's awesome because you just buy it at the convenience store and bring it in, but you just have to fill up the cups. Hmm. But uh, like I said, they're way more tolerant of drinking because you know Americans can't be trusted with alcohol. <laughs> but Americans in Japan can be. I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean. Like I said, this isn't the, the the purpose of this isn't to be some kind of like in depth to give you a you know a in, interior look on the inner workings of Japanese baseball, but kind of just a general look at. Well, that's why they that's why they watch Mister Baseball. That's what that's there. For. That is so we got that for you, so you can yeah. definitely check that out and you can see <laughs> the truth to that and all that. So I think that might about do it, Josh. Unless you have anything else you want to say about maybe your experiences going to games or anything else. Um. 
just that they tend to try to steal bases and bunt more often. Hmm. They rely on speed instead of power hitting. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, usually what, you know, when you, when a Japanese baseball player sometimes comes to the States, as long as it's not a pitcher, you, you know, I'm not thinking of, oh, man, this guy's going to, like, you know, get, like, you know, 50 homers or something, you know. It's just, yeah, no, they're going to be probably the, the good one, That one ugly guy was good. <laughs> Matsui? Yeah, he's ugly, dude. <laughs> he's just, he, I mean, he's a great athlete and everything, but he's just, um, he's not the best looking guy. Well, you know. We can't all be pretty like, uh, like uh, what's that name? Darvish. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess with that, we're going to go ahead and close up this segment of Life in Japan. Oh, uh, good. I'm hungry. Good. So let's go to a baseball game, eat some expensive hot dogs, and buy some $6 whiskey. Awesome. So... Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this little se- this little segment. Leave some feedback for us; that'd be great. And well, I don't know if they enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it. Okay, well, I guess that's all that matters. So, yeah. yeah. All right, we're gonna take off. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you later. <laughs>